You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadi alladhin astafa wa ba'd. Uh, respected listeners on Marcus Sahaba, welcome to the segment of Medical Files where we discuss everything related to uh, medical issues, whether it be uh, p- things affecting the people, whether it be questions that the people have sent to us that uh, we strive to bring you the best content and also the best possible uh, people in their respective fields so they, they can answer and give us advice that will help us alleviate our difficulties and our medical problems and today is no exception respected uh, listeners in islam that uh, those who just joined us now also we welcome to our studios our esteemed guest and also a personal colleague of mine hafiz uh, azizullah rawad dr hafiz azizullah rawad who's no stranger to the airwaves of Marcus Sahaba. Dr. Sab, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. And how are you doing this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you, Mufti Sab, and to all the wonderful listeners of Marcus Sahaba. Uh, ready for another wonderful show, uh, you know, where we can engage with all our listeners and answer the questions and really share our knowledge. Uh, and our experience uh, with them. Uh, really happy to be here. Khairan, uh, Doctor. There you have it, listeners. The doctor so happy to be uh, alive and on air today also. But what Doc doesn't know is that we're bringing him on for a specific uh, segment where we will be discussing something that is taking the world by storm. And uh, some of our listeners uh, sent in messages that we need to answer, Doc. So, you know, sometimes uh, some uh, natural concoction, natural remedy uh, comes on the market, you know, and people are amazed by it. And you hear testimonies of people uh, that attest to how it is working, its functionality, etc. And uh, today's product is no exception. So many, many people have started using it. In fact, uh, Doc, people also encourage me to use it. I haven't uh, laid my hands on it yet. Uh, but uh, soon, inshallah, after listening to your expert advice and opinions, uh, then I will most definitely uh, consider it. And our listeners, uh, tonight we will be discussing a product called, I hope I pronounce it correct, Doc, called Shilajit. So uh, that is the product. It is called a wonder product. And uh, people are using it for various uh, uh, different uh, uh, problems and ailments and sickness, etc. Uh, Doc, do you care to uh, elaborate on uh, this? Uh, elaborate on this particular product. Uh, what we know, you know, that uh, uh, basically uh, uh, from a, a perspective uh, that it found its way onto the market, and uh, people are starting uh, to use it also. So, uh, any specific knowledge uh, about this particular product, Doc? Uh, yeah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Okay, so Shilajit, Salajit, uh, Mumio. So there's quite a few uh, words uh, across the world where people would call it. Uh, essentially, it's a tar-like uh, resin. Uh, it's a tar-like black uh, liquid uh, substance. Although nowadays you do have it in capsule form and you do have it in powder form. Although the capsule form and the powder form are very less, uh, it's not as effective as the actual purified, uh, pure resin uh, form. Uh, so that's the most active uh, form and it's the most effective and efficient form uh, of uh, Shilajit. Uh, so basically, uh, it has quite a few constituents in terms of its uh, phytochemistry, uh, such as uh, pulvic acid. It consists of about 60 to 80% of pulvic acid. Uh, humic acid and a lot of minerals. Uh, now, all of these const- uh, constituents, when combined, provides a very good antioxidant activity. Uh, so it serves a good role as an antioxidant. So what is an antioxidant? It basically um, reduces oxidative stress uh, in the body. So it would prevent cancer and tumors uh, and those kind of things. It's anti-inflammatory, so it would reduce uh, inflammation. Uh, so that's basically the main uh, mechanisms uh, of action of it. And, you know, once you reduce oxidative stress in the body, you neutralize all those free radicals which poison your cells and create cancer cells. So you're neutralizing all the free radicals, you're reducing the oxidative stress in the body, 
uh, and you're reducing the inflammation. So essentially, that's the main mechanism of action. We will touch on all the other benefits uh, for male health and cognitive health uh, and so on. But shilajit is essentially uh, an antioxidant. It's a mineral. Uh, it's actually filled with minerals. Um, and it's a, it's a black tar-like uh, substance. It comes from the mountain ranges, uh, most commonly in the Himalayan, uh, the Himalayan range of mountains. It comes from the Altai range of mountains uh, in Siberia, uh, Mongolia side. Uh, so most of it will have to be imported. Uh, we don't have any locally uh, grown here in South Africa or any of these countries. So you probably have to go to Asia or import it. Uh, from Asia in order to get your hands on it. But it's a very powerful substance if you do obtain the actual raw, pure form of it. Gee, Doc, mashallah, alhamdulillah, you know, so many good things come coming from the Himalayan mountains, uh, similarly the Himalayan salt as well. You spoke about antioxidants and uh, one of the best uh, uh, liquids available uh, that is prohibited for us, of course, you know, uh, to fight uh, or to increase uh, uh, the body's uh, ability uh, in antioxidants is, of course, red wine, in particular sherry, but uh, because we cannot consume that. Another one would be then pomegranate, and that is also quite expensive. That has a lot of antioxidants in to kill these uh, free radicals that's poisoning our cells, uh, Doc. So uh, coming back to this particular product, so you're alluding that there's a pure a form of that available so of course when there's a pure form of that available then uh, the public should be wary also there might be fake products as well that uh, will be uh, available you know on the internet on social media on uh, on other platforms as well so uh, how do we determine we as the public uh, the genuine product from the non-genuine product yeah so that's a very big problem uh, like even if uh, when people go to Pakistan and they go to India and they will tell them straight, you know, there's so many fakes uh, out here. So uh, one thing is to look at reviews. If you're looking for a particular shilajit, is to look at the reviews of it, is to see if you can find a purity uh, sheet uh, where they would actually now test out the, uh, the biochemistry of the product to ensure that it's pure. Uh, a lot of the shilajit, unfortunately, is filled with heavy metals, mm. uh, so it's not purified uh, in the proper manner, and that can obviously make you sick because uh, heavy metals, uh, heavy metal toxicity, can build up as neurotoxins uh, and cause all cause or uh, all kinds of neurological conditions. Uh, so, in terms of looking uh, for the pure, there's two ways uh, mainly for testing if you have pure shilajit. One is to dissolve uh, dissolve it in hot water, so hot boiled water, and it should dissolve 100%. So there shouldn't be any uh, remains or any small uh, pieces. It should dissolve completely in the hot water or hot milk or whatever you're having it in. Uh, and the second way is to actually burn it. Uh, so shilajit actually comes from the mountain. So once the sun and the heat strikes the mountain, it causes uh, it to turn from a solid into a liquid. So the heat turns it into a liquid form uh, and that's how you consume it. Uh, so to test it, how pure it is, it will basically turn back into a solid. So you will burn it, so you will burn the liquid uh, that you have and once it turns into a rocky mineral-like substance, it will then turn into ash. Uh, so if it turns back from a liquid to a solid into ash, then you know you have pure shilajit. So essentially these are the two um, main tests uh, that it dissolves 100% in the hot water or that it will burn from a liquid back into a solid. So it starts off as a solid, uh, it turns into a liquid and then your liquid now must burn back into a, an ash for it to test uh, so that you know that you have a pure shilajit. Gee, doc, people like to uh, make, uh, you know, uh, uh, products available to the public uh, that has been, uh, how you say, that has been uh, uh, doctored in a way. And honey, I think, is one of those uh, products, you know, that you find a lot of fake honey, that uh, a lot of sugar has been added or glucose has been added to it or golden syrup has been added to it, especially when a thing becomes a best seller. Like in uh, this case now, people are, are taking to Silajit, uh, you know, and uh, using the Silajit for many, many different type of ailments, etc. Doc, I would like to uh, uh, ask you one particular question uh, a listener sent in, you know. So uh, this question says that uh, there's been many, many speculation that this particular product will cure uh, diabetes 
and I'm using the word cure here verbatim as it is uh, written and sent to me, cure diabetes as well as hypertension and a host of other illnesses as well. So for people living with comorbidities, how safe is this product as a natural product and uh, does it really cure or is treatment also symptomatic? G, G Doc, would you like to, to uh, answer that particular uh, questioner? Uh, that's sending this question. I think it's a very pertinent question, you know, because when we say cure, we mean that there will be no trace of the disease uh, uh, at the end of the day after completion of a particular cause of medication, especially something that is a natural. G. Uh, yes. So it's very important to note, firstly, that you, you're not going to cure your diabetes or your hypertension by taking a substance. But what is required is a complete overhaul of your diet and your lifestyle. Uh, so people mm. who want to wean themselves off their medication, their chronic Western conventional medicine, if you want to take yourself off that, then you can take a natural alternative. Uh, but as long as you still have that diet, you're still eating the breads, the cakes, the donuts, mm-hmm. uh, you're still eating all the, everything that contains wheat flour. Uh, so it's important to note even what actually causes diabetes is your body can't metabolize sugar. Mm. So as long as you, you're still having the sugar, you're still having the bread, you're still going to have the diabetic symptoms, even if you take shilajit. So shilajit is filled with minerals. So it's like a multivitamin. It, there's so many benefits to it. Uh, but for diabetes, for hypertension, complete overall. Hypertension, you have to be exercising. You have to be moving. You have to be getting that blood flowing because your heart is a muscle. Lots of muscle and it's strengthened by movement and exercise. Taking a substance isn't going to cure you. I mean, you, if you can take all the minerals and substances you want, but if you're still eating your donuts and your hot dog and your breads, um, you know, and your samosas and your pies, mm-hmm. obviously everything in moderation. The but good if you stuff. have a condition, if you have a condition, you have to, you know, uh, <laughs> cut down on it. Uh, so as long as the, the, the cure to hypertension, diabetes is a complete, a complete lifestyle. Uh, but most people, because obviously they're not doing that complete diet and lifestyle change, then you have to take minerals. You have to take supplements to manage symptoms. So it will be symptomat- uh, symptom management, yes, uh, unless there's a change in diet and lifestyle. So Shilajit will definitely help. It will help in managing the symptoms again. But again, because your body can't metabolize sugar uh, and the breads and the impact it's, it's actually very interesting that uh, the wheat flour, the flour that we have, that white flour, uh, it's actually bleached. So they bleach it to get it. And the chemical that they use to bleach our flour, aloxin, is actually linked uh, to pancreatic disease. So what the aloxin chemical does that they bleach our flour and our breads with is that it kills your beta cells of your pancreas. So your beta cells secrete insulin. So now if your beta cells are destroyed, or damaged, and he can't secrete insulin uh, properly. So that's how bread and eating things with flour, like cakes and rotis and all of that, actually <laughs> contributes to diabetes even more than sugar, because your beta cells just can't secrete that insulin because this chemical that bleach the flour with is actually destroying your beta cells. Uh, so that's the link between bread uh, and diabetes. And again, to answer the question, it will definitely help in terms of symptom management, uh, but diet and lifestyle changes is essential. I can see how people are pulling their faces, uh, Doc, because you're mentioning all the good stuff, you know, in Ramadan, uh, drawing near also samosas, bajias, and all of these niceties. So I will have to bring you on in Ramadan, I think the first Ramadan program, inshallah, so you can give a comprehensive uh, advice, you know, with regards to healthy eating in the month of Ramadan. Uh, if you'd be so kind to prepare that for us, inshallah, uh, the first uh, weekend in Ramadan, we'll be moving uh to to saturday's inshallah the medical files show so then uh, you can prepare for our listeners uh, a good diet plan you know how to keep healthy during the month of ramadan you've mentioned uh, flour doc and how dangerous it is compared to organic flour and you've mentioned diabetes as well and uh, managing uh you know diabetes uh, i'm managing mine mine is averaging about six it used to be 9.1 but uh, that is because I was only told I'm diabetic four years after uh, the, I actually became diabetic. And that uh, uh, caused significant weight increase. 
and a host of other things as well. And then I made dietary changes and I lost weight actually. And uh, my, my sugar is stable, alhamdulillah. But another uh, bad chemical, another bad additive, another bad thing that we are addicted to and people don't know perhaps the dangers associated to it is a refined sugar dock that uh, plays a crucial role also in uh, in our body's uh, function, you know, in, in our overall general health that the people think that the sugar is healthy and uh, they think sugar is white as they buy it, you know, the white crystals in the packet. Uh, they don't understand the chemical process that go, it undergoes uh, before it reaches the consumer. Would you like to, to, to share, share your thoughts on that, Doc? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so refined sugar, you know, is obviously um, very toxic when it goes into your cells and it will poison your cells. And eventually, you know, when you have a diet that's a lot with sugar and you do get sick more often because now you're hindering your immune system uh, and so on. Uh, so obviously, you know, if you're eating something, two alternatives, one would be pure honey as a natural sweetener, uh, two would be dates, uh, also again, something that's sweet um, and obviously your raw cane, uh, sugar cane, if you can get that raw cane sugar that hasn't been refined, that hasn't been modified, uh, then you'll also be uh, good to go. Um, but in terms of our modern, refined, ultra-modified, uh, you know, probably GMO also, uh, sugar, you know, very bad, very toxic. And, you know, they say that sugar in a child's brain, when sugar goes into a child's brain, that is called ADHD. Uh, so that's what the sugar does. Sugar in an adult, in an elderly man's brain, is called Alzheimer's. So the sugar goes into the brain, it, it, it fills it up, it causes toxins, and it causes these symptoms, brain fog, lack of concentration, memory loss. In elderly people, in children, it causes attention problems. And the amount of cereals uh, that we are giving the children is really a tragedy and a disaster, considering how toxic these cereals are. You know, we get children hooked onto sugar uh, with treats from such a young age, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really, really, very bad. We basically um, sugar addicts, you know, people are addicted to yeah. sugar. Uh, sugar can be more addictive than cocaine or heroin, <laughs> as you see. Uh, you know, and all the donuts, you know, cheap in the front aisle, readily available and so on. And, you know, you're going to have to really resist that. And it takes a lot to resist that also. Um, because of how addictive, how addictive uh, sugar is and how it's causing the symptoms like uh, that you see in autism, that you see in ADHD. It's all a result of sugar, sugar toxicity in children, autism, ADHD, uh, and so on. Yes, I've, I've noticed that, Doc, that if you give a child a glass of two of cold drink, you know, two or three glasses, you'll see the child become hyperactive, running around like someone who's on steroids. And uh, if you withhold that uh, same cool drink or juice from the child, then the child sort of becomes normal. Uh, that is with regards to that, you know, another alternative people think sometimes is healthy is a store-bought juice, you know, the boxed ones, uh, because it says on there sugar-free. But uh, when you compare the sugar content from a, a glass of fruit juice, it is almost similar or sometimes more. Uh, on one, Once I did a comparison and I took a can of uh, cola and I saw the that it was 28% the, 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 the daily requirement rate, you know, uh, in the content of the sugar in there. And when I uh, looked at a glass of fruit juice, it was like 44%. And I was shocked because sometimes we think that uh, uh, these uh, manufactured processed uh, fruit juices, it is a healthier alternative uh, than uh, to these sodas. But sometimes it is actually quite the opposite uh, and both are, are bad for, for our health. I mean, if we don't take it in a in a moderation, you know, now and then a glass of juice, but uh, not to make it a habit after every meal that uh, you're gulping, uh, what, 250 ml, 300 ml of juice, whereby if you, if you had to eat a piece of fruit, say orange juice, for example, doc, you'll drink 300 ml, you know, but you're not going to uh, eat six, seven oranges when you're sitting at the table. So I think psychologically people don't understand the, the dangers of these things, G. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people can't eat food without uh, having some Coke uh, to to basically <laughs> help them digest the food. And then that is a very, very, unhel a very, very unhealthy habit. Uh, and when you mention fruit juice, it's shocking how much sugar is in fruit juice, how much preservatives 
Oh, mm. and additives is in fruit juice. And people think that they're doing a healthy thing by drinking juice, uh, but they don't know that some juice has more sugar content uh, than cold drink uh, itself. Mm. And uh, touching back on cold drink, the amount of time people drink cold drink uh, throughout the day where they don't even drink uh, water, and then, you know, you wonder why you have kidney problems and liver problems and so on. I say 90% of liver problems is because of the diet. Mm. Toxic overload uh, from sugar. Uh, and all these forms of sugar and the amount of acid, acidity that's in coke, uh, you know, that goes into the joints and the bones and causes problems, uh, toxic overload, reflux, and even things like gout and arthritis where that acidity starts going into the joints, the knees and the ankles uh, and so on. So toxic sugar overload, I'd say, is the main reason why people uh, are getting sick. And remember, when that toxicity builds up, it builds up as tumors, it builds up as cancers, uh, and so on, because the body is so toxic. And now if you're not exercising, if you're not detoxing uh, on a regular basis, then you really are in trouble. Yes, that's very, very sad, because we think we're living a healthy life, but uh, at the end of the day, we actually we are contributing uh, to the poison uh, substances that we are putting into our own bodies, you know. I think it's because sometimes of pure ignorance, uh, we don't read the label or the contents or what it contains inside because even some of these juices will tell you that it's 100% pure but when you read carefully it will tell you that it's uh, made from clarified uh, or deflavored uh, apple juice etc but uh, it is sold as a as a passion fruit juice etc so they they have the ability in technology to take out the flavor and uh, neutralize the flavor if they have that ability like you said doc and then how much preservatives etc and uh, what what happens normally when people drink cool drink their pupils become dilated you know uh, they will have to to run to the toilet to urinate etc because the body wants to expel that amount of sugar from the body so uh, these are all symptoms telltale signs that uh, the body is uh, malfunctioning uh, doctor am i right yeah no 100 percent. and in fact there's countries in the world that actually use coke as a cleaning agent so they use coke to clean their sinks uh, and to remove stains yeah, but it's cleaning and removing <laughs> in your body <laughs> so it is very it's very it's very toxic it's very bad this isn't food you know this isn't uh, any form of that this is just poison uh, that people are putting into their body you know it's temporary pleasure it's nice when you ingest it but mm-hmm. what's the effect when you digest it i can tell you a quick incident that when i went for an ablation uh i think in 2019 uh, you know, so they, they wanted to correct a, uh, one of my arrhythmias. So I had abnormal uh, heart rhythm, uh, you know, arrhythmia, they call it. So you know what the doctor did, actually, uh, to pick up the arrhythmias, the abnormal arrhythmias. Uh, he actually gave me two cans of Coca-Cola. And within 30 minutes, my heart started beating abnormal. And that is how we captured it. And, uh, you know, he gave me a choice between espresso, coffee, uh, because I don't drink caffeine and I don't uh, like coffee as well. And, uh, you know, so he said, uh, this is the quickest way. Uh, give him two cans of Coke. It's, it's better than espresso. And well, lie, listeners, I'm not lying to you. But in 30 minutes, my heart started beating abnormal. And that is how he captured it. And after that, immediately, uh, he banned it again. You know, he said, you can't uh, drink Coca-Cola. So that was some years ago. Alhamdulillah, uh, I'm off that. Coming back to our topic of uh, discussion, uh, doctor, that uh, people, living with comorbidities uh, that are using uh, uh, allopathic medicine, you know, they're using the enalapril, they're using the metformin, etc. How safe is uh, Shilajit uh, for people living with comorbidities? Can they use it in conjunction with the normal uh, daily uh, hospital medication that they get from uh, our public uh, institutions or should they take the one and leave out the other one? Gee. Yeah, I think it would be best to reach a stage where you're off the allopathic and you're on the natural and holistic stuff, primarily because of the side effects. And a lot of people don't even know the side effects where they're popping pills every day. Mm. But have you even like taken, you know, just a small moment, just to look at that or just uh, check out a bit of, uh, you know, just do a checkup on the side effects of the medicine uh, that you're taking. And often you'll find it's a whole long dictionary list uh, of words that you, you know, you can't even pronounce. And it's inside the packaging. I mean, you don't have to search for it on Google. It comes with the box of tablets that they give you. If you open it, it's almost one meter by one meter in diameter. 
uh, it's there for you to read the side effects, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's good to know what you are taking uh, in terms of your symptom uh, management and so on. But like I said, you know, you don't want to be taking something allopathic and natural at the same time because you don't know uh, the contraindications of that. You don't know how... Uh, those two very uh, different products are going to interact uh, in your body and maybe it might make things even worse. So ideally what you'd want to do is if you're not going to go cold turkey, a lot of people have been on medication for so many years, their body has become dependent uh, on it to a point where, they, where if they stop it, they experience withdrawal symptoms. Mm. Uh, so what you'd want to do is to slowly uh, wean yourself off it. Uh, initially, you might want to take both, maybe just for a very short period, and then you skip one day of, of allopathic, maybe skip two days, uh, and continue the natural thing. Uh, so get the allopathic out of the system and uh, allow some time for the natural uh, to get into the system. Something like shilajit will help boost your minerals, the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects of it will protect your cells and uh, eliminate your inflammation uh, and so on. And obviously, there's a vast uh, range of other benefits uh, for Shilajit in terms of male health, uh, which we will obviously cover. Okay, G-Doc. So, what everything comes, uh, side effects and symptoms and contraindications, uh, like you've mentioned now. So, even in herbal remedies, you know, uh, a chemical reaction happens when you combine two or three or four ingredients. Uh, that is how science works, and uh, that is what we've been taught in uh, biology, etc. So, uh, any specific, uh, or are there a few side effects associated with this specific product, uh, Sheila Jit? You know, I mean, I mean, I've read some testimonies of people where they spoke about nausea, and people spoke about uh, dizziness, etc. So, everybody's body will react differently to this uh, product and many other products as well uh, what works for someone doesn't necessarily work for another person so are there any specific uh, things that a person should look out for uh, even if they suffer uh, you know from certain comorbidities certain illnesses that uh, where they should abstain or avoid using this particular product that we are discussing now gee uh, yeah so in terms of shilajit uh, possible side effects uh, as you mentioned, Muktisab, um, you know, every bo- everyone's body is different. Everyone's body reacts differently, and that's why you need to treat uh, people, you know, on a, on a, on an individualistic uh, basis. Uh, you know, not like one one size fits all, so to speak. And that's where the holistic approach is so important. There's not just one pill for one symptom. You know, you take into account a person's diet, lifestyle, stress, uh, genetics family history and all those kind of things. So in terms of Shilajit, uh, like you mentioned, nausea, dizziness, that is common. Uh, some people may experience headaches. Uh, and I'll never forget, uh, you know, seeing one person uh, not following the proper dosage uh, mm. right in front of me, actually just uh, eating the Shilajit from the container straight, <laughs> where you're supposed to be dissolving it in water or milk. Uh, so it is actions like that that may cause side effects, um, uh, like heat. Uh, so shilajit uh, is hot, has a hot temperament, mm. so it can build up heat in the body. Uh, so if people uh, are prone uh, or do have a hot temperament themselves, they feel hot, they get flushes, maybe they got some anger issues also. Mm. Uh, so they just need to be mindful of that. Maybe take it in a lower dosage. Uh, and you only take a pea-sized amount. So you're only supposed to be taking a small pea-sized amount, so like the tip of a teaspoon, and then you mix that into that hot water or hot milk, let it dissolve, and then you drink that water or milk, probably about half a glass. Uh, so you shouldn't just be basically eating it straight from the container, uh, rather follow uh, the instructions and be mindful of the fact that it can build up heat in the body. And that's how it actually helps uh, with uh, blood flow and circulation. So because of the heat content of it, uh, in terms of being beneficial, where it would increase circulation. Uh, so for males who have erectile dysfunction, uh, mm-hmm. so men who can't get erections uh, and so on, this is how it would actually help with that. So it gets your blood flowing through the generation of that heat. So heat can dilate blood vessels and cold can constrict blood vessels. So when the heat dilates the blood vessel, it expands and then blood can flow. So shilajit can help with circulation uh, and things like erectile dysfunction uh, and so on. And even things like libido. Uh, your drive uh, and so on. Gee, Doc, you get two types, you know, you get erectile dysfunction 
And then uh, amongst the politicians, you get electile dysfunction uh, when they suffer from a complete loss of memory after having made several uh, service delivery promises. So perhaps we should put some of our politicians on this as well. So uh, what you are basically saying, Doc, that uh, this is most probably an organic, suitable alternative to sildenafil, as uh, you know, you know, people go sildenafil. Of course, is uh, Viagra. Uh, the scientific name for Viagra, for those people who do not know, the blue tablet that uh, your urologist will normally prescribe when a male is suffering from ED and other related issues as well. Uh, what I wanted to know, Doc, from you, that how often do you take this particular product, uh, Sheila Jitino? You know, is it something that you take daily? Is it something that's required morning and evening? Or can you take it uh, as often as you need it or once a week? I know that different packages come with different uh, uh, prescriptions and a different usage of, uh, you know, information, etc. But uh, just to give our listeners a clear understanding that uh, what would be the optimal dose to take and how do we start? Do we start off slow and then gradually build up from there? G. Yeah, so it would uh, vary according to the patient. Most people take it on a daily basis. People who take it for general. So it's very, very helpful in terms of your general energy. So people, uh, people who suffer from fatigue, who are lethargic, they don't, they can't concentrate, uh, they have brain fog. It's absolutely excellent uh, for those things. Uh, so energy, uh, your cognitive function, memory, uh, in terms of your concentration and your focus. Uh, so it's very good for that. So most people would take it on a daily basis. Uh, some people do take it on a weekly basis. Also, it would depend on the person's age. Someone, uh, an elderly man wouldn't take it uh, as often uh, as, say, a younger man. People who have uh, a hot temperament uh, because of the heat content of shilajit, they, they maybe want to take it every second or every third day uh, or so on. Uh, so it really would depend on also how the person's body reacts to it, which would uh, determine the dosage. Uh, also, so in terms of uh, uh, testosterone, uh, I'd say it's the ultimate uh, supplement uh, for men in terms of testosterone. And remember, testosterone is now your 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 shining light, so to mm-hmm. speak, as a man. So that's responsible for everything. That's your mood, how you feel, your energy, your metabolism, your drive, your motivation, your libido, your sex life, everything. Um, is is that testosterone uh, complex? So it would it boosts testosterone, it increases free testosterone, um, and it uh, increases all the other things uh, that come with it. Uh, so it's excellent uh, in terms in terms of those benefits. Yes. So normally they would take a test, you know, to test the levels of testosterone in your body, in the human body. Uh, I think some th- somehow we all have to go uh, for that particular test, doctor, because of our lifestyle our habits you know our ways etc sometimes a person just feel low like uh, two weeks ago i went for an iv but it was an energy iv i went for in uh, alhamdulillah i feel better it's better to 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 for me to add the drip uh, injected right into my body and uh, this was at a holistic practitioner as well then having to take capsules every day because sometimes we become unmindful and uh, we skip and we forget to take uh, medication. You've mentioned something very, very important. Uh, you've mentioned brain fog. So uh, according to allopathic Western doctors, uh, one of the symptoms of long COVID is brain fog. People simply forget and uh, they go blank. I've seen it happen in front of me. I've seen some classmates of mine at one gathering where they just went completely blank. People who were hospitalized during COVID, they were on ventilators, etc. Alhamdulillah, they made it through. But they're suffering from uh, a, a syndrome called uh, long COVID doc that is still debatable also amongst Western doctors, you know. But particularly here, the brain just goes blank and people cannot recall. And uh, they, you know, they're in a semi-frozen state, uh, like catatonic, just sitting there and not knowing what to say and what to do. So would this particular product, would it help and enhance people that are suffering with long COVID syndrome, G? Uh, yes, definitely. In terms of the pro-cognitive uh, abilities of uh, Shilaj, it is absolutely excellent uh, for clearing, uh, the, helping the focus, uh, clearing the mind in terms of uh, concentration uh, and so on. It's obviously not the only thing that can help you. You need to have optimum uh, sleep, 
Uh, you need to have optimum uh, water in your body. You need to be drinking enough uh, water, electrolytes uh, to hydrate your body. You need to have a good sodium uh, content also and potassium content in the body uh, to help open up those channels and prevent headaches and get the blood flowing uh, to the brain uh, and so on. So definitely a combined effect uh, for something like brain fog. Other things you can also combine with the shilajit like ashwagandha, lion's mane, uh, eating almonds and nuts uh, and so on and also uh, these uh, these kind of things will all benefit uh, in terms of uh, brain fog uh, and lack of concentration your fish oils your omega-3 absolutely excellent uh, in terms of brain function so it's really a combined uh, effort dietary and supplement uh, which can help you uh, with that another question here doc I think this is a very important question that a listener sent in, uh, and this person is saying here that we know that Sapra regulates, uh, you know, allopathic medicine and associated drugs. Uh, is there a body that regulates or supervises or oversees any natural remedy or product that hits our local shores as well? Uh, I'm not sure, Doc, I think you're best uh, knowledgeable to answer this particular question. We know about Sapra. Uh, we came to know about Sapra during COVID also, uh, with the, the uh, ruling in uh, giving the vaccine uh, emergency status for use, you know. So that is where many people came, became familiarized with uh, Sapra, the South African Health, uh, Health Council uh, that regulates medicine, etc. But in your field, doctor, people dealing with uh, natural remedies, etc., is there a regulatory body as well? This is a two-part question because the second part of this question will follow now. So I'm just breaking it down for you and for our listeners here, Marcus Aba, uh, to make it easier for them to understand G. Okay, perfect. Uh, in terms of uh, your general supplements, which also fall under natural uh, medicine, like your vitamin D, uh, your vitamin C, your vitamin B complex, your minerals like iron, zinc, uh, now most of them would be regulated, so they would be regulated by your SAPRA. Uh, herbs, herbal medicines, your herbs, your teas, uh, and a lot of the uh, other holistic medicines, your cleanses, would not be regulated uh, by Safra. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of them have on the container, just not regulated by the medical um, uh, regulatory board and so on. So they wouldn't have regulated by an alternative board. So it would just have not regulated by Safra or the main medical board. So then people would basically get the notice that it's not regulated by the mainstream board. Uh, you know, there isn't really a major uh, or big uh, alternative herbal board that is regulating these things, which can make it quite dangerous uh, in a fact where people are not just uh, self-medicating or self-medicating uh, other people, but unqualified people uh, promoting and selling uh, these products which are very strong products and, and it has the ability to manage symptoms uh, and take away the allopathic medicine. So you, you can't be someone who doesn't understand um, medicine or how the body works and be prescribing these products or selling these supplements. Uh, so that is, uh, I think, important to note. Yes, because that's part of the second question. Uh, uh, the person sent in, you know, saying that the people uh, in inverted commas, uh, Google doctors, you know, are prescribing their own home remedies, etc. And uh, they're giving testimony to the fact that these things normally help people. So uh, when it comes to the chemical reaction of uh, these uh, mixed concoctions, etc., there's, of course, associated risks to it. So how safe is it to take remedies from people, uh, especially home remedies or, or brews or stuff that people uh, cooked up at, at home and uh, giving it to patients under the guise of helping them to medicate? That is the question, Doc. You know why? Uh, I also want some clarity on that. Is once upon a time, I, uh, I found myself in Durban and I picked up the flu and I think tonsillitis as well. And uh, someone gave me a flu concoction and uh, that made me end up in a hospital in Stanger 
for three days and the, uh, the initial diagnosis was that you suffered a major heart attack and I told the doctor impossible you know and uh, when the doctor did uh, a second opinion came another doctor did some tests he said no it was nothing to do with it what did you take and I explained to them this particular flu concoction that someone uh, actually uh, concocted you know uh, made lemon with Vicks and I don't know what else and honey and this and garlic the entire spice rack basically they've boiled and they gave it to me and uh, that uh, had some adverse reaction to the medication that I was already taking at that time. So how dangerous is this, uh, doctor? And I, I think our listeners should know that uh, prescribing medicine just so, so off the cuff to the people without understanding the people's uh, uh, health history or family history or, or what they're suffering from, you know, that uh, it can be detrimental in the, in, in the long run, G. Yeah, no, 100%. Look, if you just, um, if someone in your home is sick and you decide to mix some ginger with some honey and stuff, you know, that's fine. But uh, to actually be prescribing it uh, to patients, uh, you know, out there and saying it's the cure for this and it's the cure for that, it is absolutely essential to understand physiology and anatomy, so how the body works uh, and the person's temperament and you need to know the person's uh, uh, you know, there are so many things, uh, their diet, their lifestyle, uh, and that's the holistic approach before you actually treat someone. So it is quite uh, dangerous uh, for people to be selling uh, products and medicines, uh, you know, just to anyone uh, without knowing, uh, you know, and, and, you know what's going on or without knowing uh, the patient or even knowing without actually doing like science, actual medical scientific research on the product uh, before, you know, saying it's for this and it's for this benefit and it's for that benefit uh, and so on. So uh, that is important to note. It is good. It is very good that people are getting more into the natural and uh, holistic, uh, but they just need to do more research, uh, you know, on what they are actually giving to people uh, or prescribing. You know, you shouldn't be prescribing uh, anything to patients uh, without having a medical background uh, you know if it's just like a general vitamin c or something you know but actually something like shilajit it's a powerful substance a powerful you know you need to take into account uh, a few things about people before you actually give it to them uh, and so on so you definitely need to you know understand the product and understand the person also uh, that you are giving it to and understand physiology and anatomy uh, and you know uh because that's basically how the medical field has always worked you know mm. back in the day the hakims um and the healers uh back in the day you know they they they, they did they did their research uh, you know they studied uh for that and to understand what they are giving and to the person uh, they are giving it to gee very very good uh, doctor you know we always welcome uh, the questions that the people send in to us and uh, send to us, you know, and uh, that uh, having someone uh, able to answer it uh, for them as well. And it is exactly what Islam is advocating, that people who do not have knowledge of, uh, of medicine and uh, they treat people, then they will be liable in Islam for whatever uh, suffering or pain or whatever happens to that person at the end of the day, then me and you as a Google doctor, we will be held responsible in an Islamic court. A doctor, yeah, another person sent in, you know, saying that we grew up using uh, Dutch medicine. And uh, nowadays it is difficult to find it. And I think the new generation, they don't know about these things. The person mentioned a name here, it's written in uh, Afrikaans, it's called Roy Lafento. Yes, that is the word, you know. So Dutch medicine, doc, uh, that also hardly people use nowadays. I mean, uh, we all grew up on that, you know. People uh, used to give us uh, uh, Turlington and uh, colic medication and this and that. And uh, our immune systems were quite good when we grew up because we could still play outside bare feet and uh, we were intermingling, uh, you know, mixing with one another uh, in the same street, playing as children, uh, not worrying about viruses and sicknesses and illnesses. And today it's a completely different different world out there that uh, our children are glued inside their homes, sitting in front of the screen, so much radiation coming to them, etc. And uh, Dutch medicines uh, became something of the past. Your, your thoughts, Doc? Definitely, it's a lifestyle. Look at just look at the you know you just need to look at the world around you to see you know look at the youngsters of these days. They boxed in a room 
they box, you know, even their mind is boxed, you know, where you can't think outside of the box. Uh, so that's, that's basically the goal, you know, to keep children hooked on porn and video games, uh, you know, keep the boys hooked on that, keep the girls hooked on Instagram and taking selfies and all those kind of things. And they won't really get into the world uh, to make a difference. And like you mentioned, you know, we used to play outside. Uh, we were in, basically, we were in touch with nature. And that's why our immune system was stronger. And the foods of those days weren't all your junk cereals and cold drinks. Mm. It was much better. And even the medication, uh, you know, the old natural things that our aunties and grandmothers uh, used to give us. And it worked. Maybe it took a bit longer, but it worked uh, because it stimulated our body's own immune system. We weren't just suppressing our immune system. We weren't just suppressing our symptoms before symptoms come back. We weren't painting over cracks. We were actually going to the foundation and sorting it out. Uh, and that's uh, why all these ginger and honey and turmeric and, you know, it really helped. But obviously now we live in a world now uh, where we want a quick fix. People are lazy. People don't want to take accountability and responsibility for their lifestyles uh, and so on. So you rather would now pop a pill than actually mm. sort out your diet uh, and your lifestyle. And that's where the modern, uh, modern society has completely failed. Not to mention the fact that natural medicine is completely suppressed uh, and it's not promoted. Uh, in the mainstream uh, medias uh, and so on. So that's another, and that's why a lot of people think uh, that they would rather go conventional because everyone else is going uh, conventional. Uh, you know, just follow the herd, uh, so to speak. Yes, so we're contributing to our own inly health because we, we were chased out of the house when we were younger and we wanted to play outside whether it was rain, shine, it doesn't matter uh, as long as we had the opportunity to stay outside. And uh, we can see the lifestyle changes today and how our kids are becoming obese. The other day I went into a shop because I'm a little bit taller and I asked them for a particular size and they told me they sold out. And I told this particular store, I said, that is worrying. I went to four different stores and they don't have it in this size. That means South Africans are becoming obese and uh, that is a worrying factor. And the store guy looked at me, you know, I said, yes, as, uh, as uh, research scholars, we're looking at, at things uh, beyond its uh, perspective. So if you don't find something, that means there's an increase in weight amongst people. And also, Doc, you know, that is one thing that, uh, you know, obesity in South Africa because of our diets. Then I'm dealing with a lot of questions coming uh, with regards to PCOS and menstrual cycles in young, young children. We didn't have this like 20, 30 years ago. But uh, nowadays, because they're just sitting, like you said, now box in their in their rooms, box in front of a screen. There's no movement. There's no burning of calories, you know, except from the room to the toilet and back to the bed whole day. How does this affect uh, the overall uh, general well-being in uh, females, spe- specifically females? Because uh, every day we're we bombarded with a missile regarding irregular bleeding cycles and PCOS and all of these other things, Doc. Yeah, well, firstly, people are not getting vitamin D. And remember, vitamin D act from sunlight activates your immune system. You know, we're wearing sunscreen, we're wearing uh, sunscreen full with chemicals, we're blocking out the sun, you know, we're staying indoors, we're closing our curtains, no sunlight, no fresh air, uh, none of that. And that's why our immune system, you know, you know, when children play in the dirt, they play in the mud, uh, they play in the rivers and so on, they're actually building their immune systems. And that's why the homeless people never got COVID. Exactly. The, you know, the shacks and stuff, they never got cold. That was our argument, if you remember, Doc. That was our primary argument back in the day. Me and you used to make that point across uh, different platforms. If COVID was as lethal as you said, if you can remember, uh, that uh, why didn't the entire uh, Alexandra or Soweto or where there's shacks and homeless people, why didn't they pass away, you know? Why wasn't the mortality rate so high? I mean, you used that as an argument, I remember, about two, three years ago still. Gee. Yeah, and uh, you know they were street smart. They had, they never they don't have the homeless people. They don't have degrees. They don't have qualifications. No education. No proper food. Uh, but you know they had common sense, mm. and they you know they weren't uh, wearing masks. You know they weren't following all of those protocols, and that's why they built their immune systems uh, naturally. Uh, you know natural immunity, uh, so to speak. So you know today's uh, you know today we boxed up in our offices behind a screen, all that blue light. Uh, no sunlight, no vitamin D, uh, we're not activating our immune system, we're not stimulating our minds uh, in any way, and that's why people are so also mentally sick, you know, mental health crisis. 
people are in suffering, absolutely suffering. Almost every second person in our Muslim community has either anxiety uh, or depression because of our lives just lack meaning. You know, we're not going out there and challenging ourselves mentally, physically. We're not going out there and training and playing sports, uh, you know, or, you know, more cooking and baking, you know, just behind the screens. Uh, the whole day, you know, just going to classes, coming home, watching TV, Netflix, uh, sitting on the couch, uh, mm. late night, uh, and so on, just a WhatsApp and Instagram. And that's why there's such a big uh, crisis. And especially, like you mentioned, the foods, uh, the genetically modified foods and the sugar uh, and the breads uh, and so on. So it's all, it's such a holistic uh, attack, uh, basically, on us. Yes, and there's an increase in uh, mental issues as well. Uh, and I know that because people are asking me, and this is post-COVID as well now, Doc, that uh, they're coming for spiritual advice, thinking that, you know, they're bewitched or a jinn attacked them or there's something wrong, some nazar uh, fell on them. And then sometimes uh, we tell them that it could be uh, related to some type of psychosis because they are boxed in we are social beings you know we're supposed to be out there that's why men congregate during juma and five times a day you need to interact with other people with other people from amongst your community so if you're going to be an introvert and just keep yourself inside then of course you're going to uh, uh, contribute to your own uh, uh, mental health and uh, that might uh, take its toll on you whereby you reach a point where you just snap and then the first thing that comes to mind is that someone did bad to me but uh, in reality, you need to see a specialist, you need to see a, a medical practitioner to do a, a, an assessment of your, your mental health. Uh, people don't understand the importance of, of, of all of these things. Doc. Coupled uh, with that, you know, is, of course, uh, exercise and uh, diet as well. G. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a holistic, uh, holistic approach. And people are just getting sick. And, you know, back just a few decades ago, uh, you know, all these all these diseases like diabetes and hypertension, they were never, never heard of. You would never hear of these uh, mm. diseases uh, back in the day, great-grandfather's time and so on. Uh, so it's because of the, the diets and the lifestyles uh, and so on. And I think also uh, just on the subject, uh, the reason why Shilajit is, has become so uh, popular is because there's a complete decline in male testosterone uh, levels. If you look at the world around us, mm. men are becoming uh, feminine and you know, that's a fact. And men are becoming feminine, women are becoming masculine and there's a complete hormonal imbalance. And that's because of the lifestyle, all the chemicals and, and the, the vaccines. And the vaccines and the contraceptives, uh, which are missing, as you mentioned, girls, menstrual problems, uh, and irregular bleeding, can't get their periods. It's it's the contraceptive pills. It's the diet. Uh, if you look at all the endocrine disruptors and the chemicals and everything, the GMO foods uh, that we are exposed to. And that's why the shilajit has become so popular, because it filled the void. And that void... Uh, was the fact that no one was really discussing the fact that male testosterone level is at an all-time low. And they say that the average man today has the same testosterone as the average 20-year-old man today has the same testosterone as a 70-year-old man about 50 years ago. So that in itself should tell you a lot. That is very, very bad. When you look at the animal kingdom, of course, when you look at, uh, at uh, the marine animals, you'll find the bull shark. People will also know it as the Zambezi shark. So that animal in particular is the most testosterone. When you look at other amphibious animals, you'll find that the, uh, the uh, hippopotamus has the most testosterone. But when you look at us in sun, we're supposed to have a balanced level of testosterone. Doc, any other product out there that might boost testosterone? I think many of, of our problems today and uh, problems related to marital issues, etc., boils down to the fact of people uh, or the cause that people are suffering, males particularly, from uh, low testosterone levels, you know, and they don't know how to deal with it, and they go for other alternative treatments, and sometimes doctors don't even pick up, because they don't do, uh, they don't include it in a blood test uh, to check the testosterone levels, you know. Is there any other natural product out there that you'd like to recommend that might just boost uh, testosterone levels amongst males, besides uh, Sheila G. Uh, yeah, definitely. So you have one as ashwagandha, uh, that's a herb. Uh, you have Tongat Ali, so Tongat Ali, uh, that's another uh, herb that you can 
take for testosterone levels. The one coming uh, from Malaysia? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, essentially exercise as a man, you're training, you exercise, that increases your testosterone level. Getting enough vitamin D, uh, that would also, uh, zinc, minerals like zinc and boron, dates has boron, you know, raw honey. Uh, all of these are good uh, forms of testosterone levels uh, in the body. Um, and uh, back in the day, men were out there working. Uh, they were getting their uh, vitamin D. They were exercising. They were sweating and so on. And all of that would increase uh, your testosterone uh, levels as a man. And remember, testosterone is your shining light as a man. That's your drive. That's your energy. That's your mental state, especially the mood. Uh, and so on. And if you have low testosterone levels, then you are going to be moody. You're going to be low on energy. You're going to be low on libido uh, mm. and all these kinds. That's why marital problems and then men are starting to watch uh, pornography and so mm. on, which is further lowering their testosterone levels and creating all that fake dopamine uh, yes. and all these kind of things. And it's really such a big mess. A time when men were men and a woman were woman doc before all of these things came about, you know, and before people started the uh, uh, altering their genes and going for gene therapy. And, but it's a uh, discussion for another show that uh, me and you will have, you know. What is important to note is uh, that it is true, and I can concur, you know. Uh, today's men, uh, they are calling themselves metro men, uh, a new term that they've coined, you know, which is in between uh, being a male and between uh, being a female, you know. So they've got a feminine side to them as well, uh, grooming them and applying a... Uh, uh, makeup and all of these type of things, you know, so slowly uh, they're changing outwardly, they're changing from uh, being true men to being uh, more feminine or in touch with their feminine side. And I, I don't know what's the phenomenon behind all of this, perhaps you can enlighten our listeners, but uh, there's definitely something happening to our male folk out there and it needs serious inspection, Doc. Oh, yes, 100%. So I'd say it's, it's probably the ultimate epidemic. Uh, or if there ever were to be a so-called pandemic, it's the fact that male testosterone is such, a, and no one, and that's the thing, no one is talking about it. Uh, you know, it's become so normalized for men to so-called be in touch with their feminine side and start being emotional uh, and so on. But then who's going to lead the family? You know, who's going to protect and provide if there's no men? So you would have an unstable family. Uh, you know, men and women are like yin and yang. You know, they have different roles to play. A woman can't take a man's role. A man can't take a, a woman's role. Um, and I think the goal is to merge the differences between men and women to a point where people just don't know what they are. And our babies, uh, you know, they, they're growing up, uh, you know, with the jabs and all the chemicals and the baby formula and all of this now contributes uh, to that, all the chemicals that we are exposed to, the contraceptive pills and all of this, all these endocrine uh, disruptors. And then when it goes into the water supply and then we drink that water uh, and the chemical and, you know, all of these different things, all lowering uh, this, uh, the testosterone levels of men. And ultimately, you know, men who have low testosterone are men who are not going to fight back. Mm. So they won't stand up to tyranny, uh, you know, when there's another COVID lockdown uh, or anything like that. So, you know, they won't uh, join. Uh, they, they're not going to stand up. They're not going to fight back. You know, they're not going to, because how can a man with low testosterone now, you know, protect and provide uh, for his family or lead the family or be the shepherd uh, of his family? He can't. Uh, so that's what, that's how essential it is to maintain that testosterone uh, levels. Uh, it's, it's ultimately being a man and, you know, standing up uh, to protect uh, your family. Uh, and, you know, it's such a holistic war that's against us. Um, and especially us as, uh, you know, as Muslims, uh, the war that is against us. And sooner or later, you're going to have to stand up. Uh, you're mm -hmm. going to have to join the army of uh, the Mahdi mm -hmm. uh, when he comes. And, you know, you can't. How are you going to do that if you are suffering from male health issues? It's all part of the greater plan, Doc. And, uh, you know, collectively, we've been owning them for the last four or five years. And uh, Alhamdulillah, some people listen. Some men are still sitting and watching rom-coms with a box of tissues and crying. They're doing what females have been doing for years. And now they've taken that role, you know, taking uh, the role of uh, stay-at-home moms. They are daddies, but they're staying at home, uh, raising the kids, you know, and sending the wife out to work also. So all, oh, there's a change in society and it is to our own detriment. 
And that's why we don't have spirited fighters uh, in the Ummah left today. And this is all part of the Dajjali plans. But inshallah, doctor, that uh, that we will all discuss in uh, the upcoming episodes. People right here on Marcus Sahaba, voice of the Ahlu Sunnah, that our doctor Hafiz Azizullah Rawat, well-versed in Islamic knowledge, as is he is well-versed in his own field also. So uh, we'll be doing a segment, inshallah. I think, uh, doctor, that uh, we'll uh, confirm it uh, in Ramadan because I would like to bring you on board to discuss uh, healthy alternatives for people uh, that will be fasting this Ramadan, you know. Also people are suffering uh, from uh, comorbidities, uh, what can they do, etc. So we'll, we'll look at it from a holistic uh, point of view and approach. Uh, any final comments from your side, Doc, before we sign off for tonight? Uh, yeah, just a message, especially since we are discussing Shilajit and, and uh, you know, the, the benefits. Uh, you know, it's, it's important uh, for us uh, you know, to understand the role that we have uh, as men, uh, not just in our households, uh, but also uh, in the communities. And that's to obviously, uh, you know, to give and take. Uh, and to, one, you know, once you are in charge of your household and you have a stable household, then from the household goes into the community. Uh, so a stable household uh, where a man is in his masculine uh, frame and a woman is, is in her feminine frame will translate into the community uh, and into the society. So it all starts in the household. Uh, if you have a stable household, when you be doing ta'lim in the house, uh, you know, you're reading Quran uh, in the house, and you're really, uh, uh, you know, encouraging your family uh, to do so, and, uh, you know, Islamic, uh, encouraging Islamic values in your household, you'll see that society uh, will, or it will translate or reflect onto uh, society. So it all starts in the household. Uh, um, an unstable household uh, leads to an unstable uh, society. Uh, so that's why it's so important for us uh, as men to uh, take note and take charge of our diet and our lifestyle and get exercising and start building up our immune system and our strength uh, and take up training uh, and all these kind of things because it will just help us in the long run. Jazakumullah khairan to you, Dr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless protect you and your family i heard that you were in newcastle not too long ago see we have ears and eyes everywhere you know so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take you far and wide and your father as well allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and all our listeners who have tuned in uh, in tonight's edition of and segment of uh, medical files right here on marka sahaba voice of the ahlu sunnah until we meet again jazakum la khairan assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh